What's going on? I'm Tyler, and I'm a responsible man. I'm Kylie. I'm also a responsible man. This is a Responsible Men podcast. It's a show where Kylie and I pick a topic, and we discuss it responsibly. And today, we are starting off our first episode by counting down the top ten songs from Four Lads from Liverpool. The greatest band of all time. Wow. I'm surprised to hear you say that. I think there's a difference between greatest and favorite. They're not my okay. favorite, okay. but okay. I, I think... I gotcha. I gotcha. Like, I think... To say the Beatles are the greatest band of all time, it's like I don't even know who, who's close exactly. Like, like I don't know who's second. Yeah. Honestly, like, I think it's maybe that. Elvis. Yeah, like. But you know, that's, like, I'm not that's a Led Zeppelin a guy. Thing. I'm not a Led Zeppelin guy, but you can make well, a case, right? I love me some Zeppelin, but the Beatles are still bigger like, than Zeppelin. They're, they're the greatest band of all time. They're the greatest band who ever lived. Their, their songs are timeless, yeah. immediately timeless. Um, so we're gonna count down our top ten songs. Which is, uh, for a band that was only together for 10 years, made a lot of fucking songs. Yeah. Oh, yes. This is back in the days when you put out like, an album a year or two albums a year. And they're still putting crap out. Right. I mean. <laughs> they're, they're still, it's like Michael Jackson. They're still finding, yeah. like, here's an unreleased song that he never finished. They've released. A, um, or Tupac. Like Sgt. Pepper, White Album, and uh, Abbey Road. They've done these big box sets with, mm-hmm. like tons of discs and the white album's the best one because it's in this huge hardcover coffee table book right. and, but they all come with a blu-ray mix of the album and to mm. listen to that on your surround system that right. that just awesome mix it's it's gorgeous so yeah. speaking of the difference between like favorite and objective greatest right what was your process of going through this list because th- this is my this is my top 10 favorite Beatles I, th- this isn't my take on what i think are the top 10 greatest oh no songs. this is because, these, that would be a completely different list uh, exactly okay. yeah no no because i think probably one of their more famous ones isn't even on my list right so there, there, there's no, a lot this of is just as my favorite my list is definitely going to be a lot more boring than yours in the sense of like the better known songs but even my list like spoilers there's no come together there's no all you need is love a lot of that stuff there are some that i just i couldn't resist because I just love them, especially my number one is very boring, but it's one of my favorite just songs period of all time. Right on. But uh, but yeah, this is just my personal top ten, not of what if I was to try to make a list of what I think the top ten greatest Beatles songs are would be that's, a completely different. That's a different, different episode. Okay. Yeah. So I, just, well, I didn't know if you were coming at that from the same. <laughs> no, angle not at I was all. Coming my, mine at. coming at it from these are my my favorite songs. Because then we a, then we can't have people coming up and going well, this, that's wrong. Well, it, that's, it's a hard thing to do to be able to differentiate from what like I think this is. I like this one more, but I can admit this is better. Right? Oh no! Like uh, my my thing was I had I have a my top two, and, and I have a handful of other ones right mm-hmm. off the top of my head I could write down. And then I just pulled up the albums and went, oh nope, that song, that right. song, that song, and I made a list and then whittled it down from there. But yeah, there were there, there was those albums where you look and you're like, oh my god, that's like probably one of their biggest songs. Right. I like it; it's good, but it's not on my list. Sure, not so. not a personal thing. Exactly. Like, for or maybe you, it's something I've like. Come, you bring up "Come Together." Come yeah. Together. It's a great I've, song. It's good. It's I've heard it. Song. I've heard it enough. I've. It, I mean, to be fair, all these songs I've heard to death. It's true, but I mean, that's one that like even like the Aerosmith version. Mm-hmm. So it's just for years, it's been just constantly a lot. hearing yeah. it. So. Like for example, I think like if if we were to do like Metallica or something, I think I think Master of Puppets is maybe objectively like the greatest metal song ever, or at least one of. But it's not my favorite Metallica song. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that might be their best. 
piece of art they've ever done. I think the Master Puppet song is like really? okay. uh, is like a flawless song, but it's not my personal favorite song. <laughs> so that that's kind of the like the differentiation between like what's ob- what you would consider objectively better versus I just like this one more, yeah. which is something a lot of people can't do. So, all right, I'm gonna start us off here all right. with my number ten. Um, oh, also, quick thing, because just in case anybody wants to to be upset about this, a lot of the songs, if you look at, a lot of them are credited to, and we talked about this last night off mic, are credited to Lennon McCartney, right? And so a lot of them are, but there's usually one that that's kind of like, this is the, the main core, the song came from one of them, and then yeah. obviously because they're a band, everyone kind of adds their own little flavor to the song. Mm-hmm. So if I say a song was written by Paul McCartney, chances are it was Lennon McCartney, but it was a McCartney idea or basis exactly. or, or vice versa. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's hard to look up a song and not just see Lennon McCartney and, right. until you really look into it and you're like, okay, Lennon did all of this and McCartney maybe did the, the right. mid section or something. And a lot of these are coming from Wikipedia, so if, if some of these are wrong, then they're wrong. But yeah. uh, my number 10 is the only one that is uh, a John Lennon song, or at least wow. as far as Wikipedia is concerned. And again, okay. it's one of those that's like written by John Lennon, but then credited to Lennon McCartney, right? Yeah, of but course. John yeah, Lennon, yeah. So, uh, and my number 10 is it, it's kind of a boring one, but that's why it's number 10, uh, Miss Strawberry Fields Forever. I, oh, okay. Um, wow. I, I really enjoy this song. I think, I mean, like any Beatles song, it's incredibly hummable, it's incredibly memorable. That they, they, they found... This perfect way of songs that were simple. You hear it once or twice, and you feel like you know at least half the words to it. You know, um, so this song, written by John Lennon, was released on February thirteenth, nineteen sixty-seven, as a double A-side uh, single along with Penny Lane. They came out together. Um, Lennon based the song on his childhood memories of playing in the garden of Strawberry Field, which was a Salvation Army children's home in mm-hmm. Liverpool. So that's kind of cool. And his, uh, from what I understand, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna chime in here because this is my number five. Oh, okay. So this is um, so I do have higher. notes on this. Yeah. Um, yeah. His his garden actually connected to the back of theirs, so he oh, could okay. walk into it and just kind of have a little special area that was like his own little secret garden. Right. So he had pretty fond memories of that place. Um, this is another one too that uh, I I think. And I'm, you know, I'm also younger than you are, so I, I think my introduction to these songs is going to be a lot different than some of yours. Um, the first, I, I may have heard it before because Beatles songs are everywhere, but the first time I actively remember hearing this song is in the uh, Across the Universe movie. Oh, see, and there's, and I think yeah. that's one of the better moments of that movie is this song. I, I love what they do with the strawberries, and it's, it's, it. The version of that song in the in the movie is very good. Um, so that that's usually what I think of when I hear the song. A lot of versions in that uh, on that soundtrack are awesome. Like good. looking at like the older, the earlier Beatles stuff that I mm. I enjoy, but it's not my favorite. Mm. A lot of the versions on Across the Universe of those songs are I feel better than right. Okay. The, the Beatles. There's going to be for me. quite a lot of those on my list. That, that that's right my go-to favorite Beatles stuff usually. Okay, and is it because of that movie? Do you think? Is I don't it... know, but that, that's definitely where I heard a lot of those songs for the first time. That that's okay. that's for sure. But I don't know if that's the if there's a connection there between. I, I tend to like the the more pre psychedelic drug Beatles. I like the suit and tie Beatles that just seem like the nicest guy any girl could ever date. Beatles. So th- those that's like that's the image of the Beatles I have in my head that are like, I want to hold your hand, Beatles. Those are those are my Beatles, not mm. the. Uh, 
bearded hippie Beatles. Gotcha. I guess, okay. You know, so and I guess everyone. And I'm opposite. It's one of those. Yeah, everyone's got their their version. So Strawberry yeah. Fields, it's a great song. I it's. I mean, I, I, I don't want to say it's a song I never get sick of because I don't know if there's ever any Beatles song I ever get sick of because that's probably true for every song on this list. But it's a song I've never gotten sick of. I enjoy the hell out of it. And other, it's one of those ones I've liked most versions of it I've heard because every Beatles song has been covered to death. Yeah. I, almost every version of Strawberry Fields Forever I think is pretty good. You know, okay. so. they, you know they spent 45 hours oh, Jesus. Doing, doing that song. Mm-hmm. Um this is really interesting. So this was supposed to be on Sgt. Pepper's, mm-hmm. um, and it was right after they had stopped. They they weren't touring anymore at this point, and they wanted to make songs that they could, in the studio, that they didn't have to worry about performing live. So it's they not like, were, how are we going to be able to do this? Exactly. So they were time. really getting experimental with a lot There's of a stuff. There's a lot of layered vocals in this song, oh, yeah. and lots of, yeah. Um, but... Uh, the, this this was the interesting thing to me, and I, the, the the so many times I've heard this song until I watched this video about it. Like now I now I can hear it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a two different takes. They both they they're like, hey, we like this take and this take. Put them together. Okay. Um, but is it like a certain verse from one take and a certain verse from another? Or is, it, just, or is it even live? It's just it's just the whole the oh, thing. Okay. They're like, just let's splice these two together. Gotcha. Uh, George Martin said that's awesome. But they were both, each take they wanted, they were both in different keys. He's the producer, right? Yeah. He, he produced almost yeah, all their he's shit. Their, he was their producer. They were both in different keys and different tempos. Oh. And they're just like, we'll figure it out. You can figure it out. So 60 seconds into that song, it it almost sounds kind of like a slide guitar. Like uh-huh. it kind of goes, and if you listen really close there, you can hear that's where he he's basically speeding one track up and slowing one down to, to make everything match. And yeah. it's... It gives uh, the whole song, like we said, like layered vocals, but it also gives it kind of this uh, echoey thing kind of through it. It, it echoes really well. That it, it makes the song sound a little bit bigger than it probably would otherwise. Yeah. Um, th- there's a lot of people that think this is John Lennon's greatest contribution to the Beatles as far as song rank credit. I, I don't know if I go that far, but it's also the only one of his sole credits that's on my top ten. So interesting. Ma- yeah, so maybe yeah. those opinions contradict each other. I guess. See, and I, th- I but just figured... when I hear that, I go, "Oh, I don't know." But then when I look at my list, I'm like, "I mean, apparently, I agree because yeah. it's the only one." So, awesome, Strawberry Fields. Right Kylie, on. what's your number ten? Uh, my number ten is from Rubber Soul from 1965. Of course, credited to Lennon and McCartney, mostly Lennon. Uh, yeah. It was in my life. Ooh. Um, he, John Lennon, has referred to this as his first real contribution to the band because it was the first time he felt he actually wrote a real song about personal experiences with the lyrics and everything. Right, right. And it's, I, I just like it. It's kind of a, it's a somber song. Mm-hmm. It's a little kind of sad. Right. Um, I've heard it at many, many funerals. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's a big funeral song. Uh, one thing that blew me away about this is there's a song I want played at my funeral. That is a Beatles song that is on my list. Right. Later on. Um, Ozzy Osbourne did an album, I think in two, 2009 it's called undercover yes yes jerry cantrell guitars yep. on this blew me away he does a version of this on there yeah it's amazing there, there's there's some there's that uh, album uh, is speaking per- of john lennon he also does a uh working class hero he does working class hero he did, and that, he does on woman on there as well yeah and yeah. uh there, there's a great uh rocky mountain way yeah. cover on that album as well yeah i, I went down really a rabbit hole with that i'm like i'm gonna order this album <laughs> it, it, it's a good album i'm not a huge aussie fan by any means but right. I, I enjoyed that good song man 
Yeah, uh, you, you can tell Ozzy's definitely got a thing for John Lennon. Oh, yeah. Definitely. I mean, he wears his glasses everywhere. True. That's true. <laughs> the, what, what I call, like, the John Lennon glasses became, like, the Ozzy glasses, the very round, usually, yeah. like, purple or I, some I usually weird call them hippie glasses. But yeah. Yeah, yeah the Lennon but that's, glasses. But when I see them, I think of John Lennon. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, they're yeah. the hippie, but, like, those are the John Lennon glasses. Exactly. Yeah. It, that's one of those things, if you just said, like, the John Lennon glasses to somebody, they would know what you're talking mm. about. Oh, yeah. Like, immediately would know what you're talking about. Good pick. Yeah, I, I like that our lists are going to be complete. I, so I, I'm surprised that we already had one on the set. I bet that may be one of our only ones. Yeah, are, I'll be, I'll, I was kind of surprised the way you were talking uh, before this, how uh, I, I was surprised that was on your list. So. Right. Well, that's why it's number 10, because I, I don't enjoy it as much as I enjoy some of these other ones, but it's still a great song. And like I say a lot of it comes from that movie, because I see the visuals in my head of him with the strawberries mm. on the wall. And yeah, there's just there's a lot of good things happening. Nice. My number nine... Um, as someone that considers himself an amateur guitar player, cannot play this song, and I think it's one of the greatest acoustic songs ever written. And my number nine is Blackbird. Okay, yeah. Um, written by Paul McCartney, was released in 1968 on the White Album. Um, McCartney said that the lyrics were inspired by hearing uh, the call of a blackbird in India while also being uh, kind of about the unfortunate state of race relations in the United States during the 1960s, obviously. Yeah. During the Civil Rights Movement. This is one of those songs that's like, and a lot of Beatles songs are like this, but you hear it and you're just like, that's a perfect song. I wouldn't change a thing about it. Like, it, it's a perfect song. Every every note of it, every word of it, everything. It's just, it's a flaw of a song to me, I think. There's a video on YouTube I've watched several times. This is post-Beatles, but it's a video of Paul McCartney, I think in like late 70s, early 80s, performing this song oh, live. Okay. Which is him and his guitar, and it's just nice. It's just a perfect song, dude. Especially in a live setting, it just—I don't know. Everything about this song works for me. It's a bucket list song of like I've got to learn how to play Blackbird at some point on a guitar, and like for as much shit as the Beatles get from guitar players sometimes of being like their songs are just simple three chord songs, whatever. And a lot of them are. Blackbird is not an easy song to play. Like watch videos of people trying to play it. It's not an easy song mm. to play. So like. Give them some credit for musicianship in this song for not just doing a three chord song. This is this is a not saying like oh you have to be really good to play. I'm just saying not the average person can just pick up a guitar and play this. This is like more of an intermediate guitar song, not a beginner guitar song that you would learn on like an acoustic. So I love yeah. Blackbird. Nice Blackbird. It's a great song. It is. It's it's very good. So that's my number nine. Nice. Uh, my number nine. Um, and it's a, it's a specific version of the song from the, um, the album Let It Be Naked, which is a strip yeah. which is a stripped down version of that. They went through and took out like orchestral stuff and mm. background stuff. And Let It Be is a very big album in the way that it sounds. They, yeah, they, oh, it's very of, it's, yeah. it's heavily produced. Right. Yeah. Um, but but they did, and I remember this was in two thousand three when they released this. I was working in Brazil, and I had to hunt down a. A record store the day mm. that was released, so I get it. So I listened to the crap out of that while I was while okay. I was working in Brazil. Uh, but mine, it's a it's it's a Lennon song. It's called Dig a Pony. Okay, um, kind of a bluesy. I don't think song. I've heard the naked one of it, the the stripped version of it, but I've I've heard the the original. Yeah, it was it was one that was recording. Uh, they recorded during the rooftop top concert oh. and literally which is so iconic right because it's like oh, their yeah. last big outing and exactly. shit. yeah um and literally the they had a guy off holding up cue cards with the lyrics so lennon could sing it, it was correctly. like so fresh yeah. it was so new yeah wow and yeah I, I i i like that one definitely 
if anyone hasn't seen that rooftop, I mean, I'm sure it's probably on YouTube. You can probably go watch it. Um, it's and hopefully with this um, Peter Jackson thing coming out, we'll get some re-released uh, stuff because yeah. that's that has not been. Um, How long have they been working on that movie? Yeah, long it's a time. while. So I'm I'm all about it, man. I'm yeah. all about that oh, Peter yeah. Jackson movie when it comes out, which is supposed to be this year, right? At the time of this recording. Yeah, yeah. It's 2021. supposed to be this year. Yeah. All right. Uh, my number eight is uh, it's another song, I guess, kind of boring in a sense, but it was just one I, I couldn't leave off because it's it's a great campfire song. It's a great group of people together song, and it's with a little help from my friends. Okay. Um, written by John Lennon, Paul McCartney, but sang by Ringo Starr. Ringo, yeah. Which is, that's like one of the big ones that he sings, right? As far as yep. like the bigger songs go. <laughs> Um, it's become a staple. garden, come on! <laughs> it's become a staple of Ringo Starr's solo performances. Yeah. It, it, yeah, there's countless videos. If you go see Ringo Starr live, he's gonna sing this song. Of course. Um, it was released on 1967. Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. It's just, it's just a it's a just a good innocent tune, man. I don't know what it is. It's a perfect drinking song. It's a perfect nice. like gather around a group of friends and kind of get this shit going i don't i don't know what it is interesting it it, it, it it just it brings out all the right feelings in me that song gotcha. i don't know what it is i i do i do enjoy it but i it's one of those that there's there's a cover that joe cocker did that mm-hmm. i feel is actually superior this is another one of those ones the, that i really enjoy the, the, Beatles the across the universe version yeah. as well it's very very good that, that oh, just that whole soundtrack there, there's very few versions in that movie actually i don't know if there's any that i really would say i don't like yeah. there's i have my favorites i guess but but that one and that whole scene it the what they did in that scene is the kind of uh feelings that that song invokes right they're all sitting around drinking beers and like kind of goofing off and shit and like that's that's just the feeling i get when i hear the song that's what i feel like i should be doing when i hear that song yeah. so that movie kind of captured the vibe of this song perfectly nice. or maybe i just saw it in the movie and that had planted it in my brain and so now i think that's what it's supposed to be but either way it's a great song it's just an innocent pure song um probably surprising to be able to get to i get high with a little help from my friends in a in a song back then yeah i guess but you know people probably like yeah he's high on life you know <laughs> right like like nowadays people would bat an eye on uh, about that, but back then they probably didn't. Oh yeah. So yeah, that's my number eight. It's a yes. great great tune. Right on. Uh, my number eight is also uh, from Let It Be Naked Again. Uh, John Lennon, uh, Don't Let Me Down. This is one I struggled with having a little higher on my list because I really do like this that's song a, such quite a, a good bit. Tune. Um, this version is a composite of two different takes they did when they did the rooftop concert. Okay. That, that's one. That's a song that they did. They sang twice during okay. that concert, and this is a composite of, of two. So it's a, okay. it's a very stripped down version of it. I, right. I like it quite a bit. That's another one. I mean, not to keep bringing up across the universe, but uh, the version of that song in that movie. With oh the, yes. With the, yeah, what, yeah. what's her name? The, the female actress in that movie. That's just got Rachel an incredible. Westworld. Is that who that is? Westworld. Yeah. Uh, she's got an incredible vocal. And she's so good. And then they got like the, you know, Jimi Hendrix wannabe guy. Yeah. (laughs) I know exactly who you're talking about. That's clearly what they're doing, right? Exactly. You know, and and that feels like kind of fucked up to say, like, oh, he's a black guy, plays guitar, he must want to be Jimi Hendrix. But like, look at the clothes they put him in. He's supposed to be Jimi Hendrix. Don't don't give me that shit. Um, But yeah, the version of that song in that movie is is very good. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. Moving right along. My number seven. We're starting to get into good shit now. I mean, it's all good shit. That's true. Uh, my number seven is the one that I want to play it at my funeral. And that is uh, Hello Goodbye. 
Okay. I, um, I, I really do like this song quite a bit. Written by Paul McCartney, and released as a single in November of 1967, the band's first release since the death of their manager, Brian Epstein. Um, it's just, it, it, it's like everything I want in a song of like, it's just lean on the positive side of things. And this That's, is from Magical Mystery Tour, or is I've, it from uh, Yellow Submarine? I'm not sure. I can't remember. You would know better than I, me. Yeah. Um, it's just a great song. Um, it, this is one that I heard a lot on growing up. My dad had that, uh, what's it? That just the number one album, the red oh, yeah. cover with Beatles the, one. And, yeah. yeah. And, uh, I remember seeing, I have a very vivid memory of seeing the commercial for that album constantly back in the day when you would see commercials for compilation albums all the time, you know, they're like with all the greatest hits yep. and this song was on that album. And uh, I so I remember my dad would play that that album quite a bit, and we would hear like Penny Lane was on that album, and Help, and Eight Days a Week, and stuff. And but th- this one just is one that really stuck out to me, and I'm like, I think this is like a a perfect a perfect funeral song. It's it's like a you know, yeah, you know, I don't know why you say goodbye, I say hello. It's a, it's a very very again, it's just very simple, but it's powerful though. Have, to have me. you watched? I and I, I I don't know if the Beatles were one of the original bands to do it. They do promo movies but they were basically music videos for right. these songs have you seen the? they were kind of groundbreaking in that in that realm of like music videos yeah. they, they were kind of they laid the groundwork for what would become music videos. have you seen the music video for this one they, I have. it's fun it's really, really fun they're in like their their little outfits and they're just dancing they <laughs> just, they're just having outfits. a good well it was magical <laughs> mystery tour era so right. so they're they're dressed up kind of mm-hmm. weird and but they just look like they're having a blast and dancing it's got a great and, beat to it it's got a very simple melody but that's very catchy very hooky like every other thing they ever wrote and easy to sing along to yep yeah. when i die that's that's, that's what good. i want did you ever watch the um the anthology that they did on abc the beatles Mm-mm. anthology they just went through the whole history of oh, okay. oh, i've watched i've watched a, a few good. different ones so i don't think so oh, okay. but i know i've watched a few different no, beatles it's, it's like i got it's like a five or six disc box set because oh, it was no, it was I like a weekly thing like oh, every wow. night it was okay. the beatles on mm-hmm. abc and they showed like all those videos they interviewed everybody mm-hmm. and it was just like the whole history of them. Oh, it's, wow. it's, it's it's really good stuff Hell yeah. The Beatles, there's definitely no shortage of uh, Beatles documentaries or movies out there. There's oh, yeah. a lot of them. So, yeah, that's my number, what was it, seven? That's seven, my number yeah. seven, yep. Uh, my seven is probably the only McCartney song for me. Which you um, thought you were a McCartney <clears throat> guy going into this. Exactly, yeah. Um, it's Helter Skelter from the White Album, 1968. That, that, that one was hard to leave off. That's an honorable mention. That was hard to leave off. Um, he, uh, Paul McCartney was inspired to write this after reading an interview with uh, Pete Townsend, where he was talking about the Who's "I Can See for Miles," mm-hmm. um, saying it's the loudest, rawest, dirtiest song ever. And Paul's like, "I want to do something like that," and he's like, "But he's already done it, so I guess not." And then Paul that's went the heaviest and, Beatles song. Paul right? went and listened to it and went, "That's oh, not that heavy. I can <laughs> still do this." Yeah. And then he he wrote "Helter Skelter." I mean, it's the, it's definitely the the biggest banger. From the Beatles, right? It's, they, a lot of their heavier stuff is is definitely on my list. I, I like it when they're they're rocking a little it, it more. It is, yeah. Um, and again, across the universe, they play this in like the opening credits yeah. of that movie, and the version of it for the movie is phenomenal. 
Um, I don't know if you know what a helter skelter is. And it's a it's a like a slide. Yes, right? it's, yep. a, yeah. it's a fairground slide. Um, um, it just sounds really cool though. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's just a good name. Um, Charles Manson told his followers that several right. White Album songs, particularly Helter Skelter, were part of the Beatles' coded prophecy of a race war. Of a race war. Yeah. Um, I, I I could go they so wrote much Helter further. Helter Skelter on the fridge. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. In, inside the uh, uh, LaBianca's home. Yeah. Uh, and I like I could do I could we could go off on Charles Manson this thing. Right. I feel that could be a whole different episode because Charles Manson's connection to not only the Beatles but the Beach Boys too uh, yeah. is is yeah. a whole topic to be yeah I, I think discussed. Manson would be a whole good but, topic oh yeah Manson really believed that and there's one song where I'm trying to remember what exactly the phrase was there's one song where um, he he says he heard the Beatles saying like Charlie, can you hear me or something? Like he really believed they were speaking not even to anyone who would listen directly to him, specifically to him yeah. in the White Album. And I mean, obviously the guy's nuts, but um, <laughs> yeah, he was a character. It, but, yeah, but uh, I mean, the guy was also a songwriter. The Beach Boys stole some of his songs. Oh yeah, so be that be whatever it is, you know. Yeah. I think, I think the monkey stole one of his songs too. He claims. I wouldn't surprise me. So, yeah. But yeah, Helter Skelter is a, is a banger, man. It, it's good, and and those rare occurrences when he would do those uh, in his live tours, yeah, yeah. he 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 wouldn't really like he'd he'd play his songs, but mm. Helter Skelter was kind of a rare one for him to right. to pull out on his solo tours. And I think a lot of people don't think of the Beatles as like a rock band per se. You know what I mean? A lot of people think of like. Hey Jude or something or you know what I mean? kind of mm. more mellow but really catchy. Helter Skelter is one of those. It's like yeah, that that's definitely the Beatles Rockin'. being a rock. Uh, same with Revolution. That's right, a, that's Revolution a really, or even yeah. even something like Come Together. Even though it's it's very drum and bass heavy, yeah, it's very heavy in in the the way it 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 hits hard. Yeah, right. So yeah, True. Helter Skelter not got got a great bass too. Oh yeah, great great bass. <laughs> <laughs> great bass. Um. Well, speaking of a song I mentioned earlier, this is another one, boring as hell. But I just I could not leave it off. And my number six is Hey Jude. Okay, um, it's great. great it is song. written by Paul McCartney. Releases a single in August of 1968. Uh, the first release on their Apple record label. This was the first song. Um, hey Jude was a number one hit in many countries around the world and became the year's top selling single in the UK, the US, Australia, and Canada. Um, it's just one of those. It's like an anthem, man. It's one of those. Songs this is when you were talking so much about bigger than singing around a campfire. This is. I thought you were going to say "Hey Jude" because oh. it's it's definitely. This one, almost like, feels too big for that. Like this, yeah, th- th- okay. this is like you okay. need like a stadium of yeah. thousands. This is an anthem, man. Especially, <laughs> yeah. it lends itself so much to that because, like, especially smart songwriters, they know certain little tricks to do when you're talking about. Uh, like it is an art form when you're writing songs specifically for live audiences and knowing how to get crowds involved putting something simple but catchy in there like you know na 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 it's just one of those things that like everybody can do it it sounds incredible when you have thousands of people doing that at the same time oh yeah um i think i think metallica kind of took a page out of that book with the memory remains with kind of the you know, oh yeah na 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 and you, you see the way they perform that song anytime they do live shows well eventually they'll cut the band out they'll completely and the, the crowd will just let go. it go yeah. and you could do that with this as well and i remember 
Um, the the one that sticks out to me about Hey Jude is Paul McCartney performing this to open the Olympics in 2012 oh, okay. when they had the Olympics in London. Um, and it was just, again, people as far as you could see and right, royalty. Paul McCartney. Of course, yeah. Nobody better to open the Olympics in London with. And this song is just one of those, that, like, you feel like, okay, we're ready to go now. It's just, it's a perfect song. And, you know, there's a whole underlying thing there about Jude. And, the last I'd heard he was richer than the Queen. So. Right. <laughs> okay. um, I mean, you could get into the whole meaning of kind of like, right, it's John Lennon's son, right? Yeah, it was originally Hey Jules, because right. it's for Julian Lennon saying, right. hey, don't let this witch of a woman yeah. get you down. You know, I'm here for you, basically, because right. he hated Yoko. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of those that, like, to, so to bring up Across the Universe again, but kind of give it crap a little bit this time, is that uh, in the very early minutes of that movie, you just start paying attention to everybody's name. Oh, exactly, because you got Jude. Because you're like, like, okay, well, I know why he's there, yep. right? And then uh, what's really weird is... They have they have the main girl in the movie be named Lucy, so you're immediately going like, okay, Lucy and the Sky Diamonds. They don't play the song in the movie; they play it during the credits, yeah. which is like that feels like a waste. They, they kind of yeah, right. they, they, like, lost, like, they missed it was some, right an there. opportunity. She was like clearly that's why like th- there's no way you can convince me that song was in the movie somewhere because there's they no way you, there's no way you point. named her Lucy for any other reason. Yeah. There, there's just there's just no way you do it. You have to do it. So. Um, yeah, as soon as you see a character named Jude, you just know where where it's going. But you don't care because it's the Beatles and it's fucking sweet. So, hey Jude, it's it's the ultimate piano song. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. It's it's the shit. It's it's great. It's great. It's a great tune. That's my my number 6. See, I was expecting you're going to have like I want to hold your hand and all this stuff. You're you're giving me some hippie Beatles stuff here. Some so. some yeah. <laughs> we 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 get into the top 5 now though. We oh, get into Okay. Yeah, gotcha. What was that? that? Was six, right? Right. Uh, so my six is another one from the White six Album. Six is good. Six, six is good. <laughs> um, White Album. Um, Lennon McCartney. Uh, Happiness is a warm gun. Great song. Awesome man. song. Great um, song. Another Great one that's been title too. Yeah. Great fucking title for a song. Uh, from what I understand, they they got the title. They got the idea was um, George Martin had a a gun magazine, and it said. I think happiness is a warm gun on the oh, cover. Oh, so they just ripped it off. And they were like, that's, oh, okay. that's odd. Let's let's do something with this. They just straight up ripped it off. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's, um, it's, Lennon said he's put, he put together kind of three different songs with it. And, and you can tell when you listen to it, it's, and this is, especially with the Beatles, like going through this, like I really, I, I can enjoy a song that's got like, you've got the, the verse that that's mm. repeated and you got, you know, it's just a basic radio right, hit right. song, but I like songs that like take you on a, a journey complex, and it, and it yeah. switches up and it's like, this sounds totally different than this part of the song. And then they right. go back into something else and then they take you on it. And that's how happiness is a worm gun is for right, me. It's, right. it's, and that's not something they did a ton of, oh, right? Yeah. But so when they do, it really, it really sticks out. Exactly. Definitely. Yeah. Great song. Great title for a song. It's just that this, the second you, you hear the title of that song, like this is a good song, you just know it because you don't yeah. you don't just name a song happy this is warm good without it without it being able to back up. So my number five, I think, is a little bit more of what you were expecting, and this is the first. You'll you'll never be able to guess what the first Beatles song you ever heard was because they're everywhere. They're in all the commercials, right? This is the first song I remember consciously knowing this is the Beatles when I heard it. Okay. So. As far as I'm concerned, this is the first Beatles song I was aware of, knowing who it was when I heard it. And this is All My Loving. Okay. Um, I love this song. It's, it, it's, what a, it's, that a, from? it's a great melody. 
It is from, let's see, I had all the dates right here, and I just wanted to talk about it and put my notes away. Mm-hmm. Written by Paul McCartney. <laughs> it was released on the second UK album with the Beatles with the in Beatles. 1963. Okay. I couldn't song, remember if it was from Meat or... Um, one or of the crazy one. things about this song, because it is, it's not a, a big hit, but it's still a fairly well-known Beatles song, but this was actually never released as a single in either the UK or the US. Interesting. Um, it was released as a single in Canada and hit number one there, and it still got to number like forty-five in the U.S. with never being released as a single, which is you know pre- pretty sweet. I, I like that one uh, as far as their earlier stuff because it's a little. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to say dark. I don't want to use dark as a thing. It's a little more down than most of their. You think? Their, well, I mean, the, the lyrics. No, the 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 key it's in and everything. It's just a little right. more deep than mm-hmm. like. It's not so like up. Upbeat, right. like you know, but but it's... but the beat is still very balanced. Oh, it is. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. very much like one when you see them performing it. They're they're doing this, right? They're kinda, exactly. Yeah, they got this thing going. And then you get the do 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 Yeah. This is this is a song when my oldest daughter was born. I would sing to her when she was like a baby a lot, and I don't know why. It just I don't. Know, it was just it was just a good kind of like rock you to sleep okay. kind of song. So it kind of holds a special place there for me as well. But yeah, this is the first Beatles song I remember hearing and knowing that it was the Beatles singing it. I think it's a great, great nice. song. So, and it's another one that's like simple as it may be. It's a couple chords strung together, but it's a great song. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, we went over my number five, but there was something I did want to mention about Strawberry Fields, which I had no idea. Uh, um, it's a, it's, it wasn't even released on an album. It was a B side for um, Penny Lane. Okay. It was the B-side for Penny Lane. They were going to record it for Sgt. Pepper's, mm-hmm. um, but they I, I don't know if it was George Martin. Someone talked him into releasing it as a B-side, mm-hmm. and they had a kind of a strict rule that they would not release B-side songs on an album. So that's why it was never officially on an album at all. Mm-hmm. But, it, I mean, it's that's, that's, that's a hell of a B-side. Oh, yeah. So, right. Well... <laughs> That's how good the Beatles are. Exactly, like, their B sides are better than anything you will ever be able to accomplish in your life. Yeah. So, oh, I guess I'm back up again. Right? Yeah, you are. All right. Well, yeah. uh, my number four. We're back to boring as hell, but just couldn't leave it off. My number four is yesterday. Oh, okay. I, um, I thought it was going to be your number one for some reason. Nope, nope. Okay. My number one is even more boring than, than yesterday. But uh, it's another one right out there with Blackbird as far as like if I was to make a list of greatest like acoustic songs you could ever play somewhere. Um, I love the way the song is used in the movie yesterday that came out a little bit ago where mm. the way he plays it and it just it brings people to tears because it is such a beautiful song. Yeah. And it's another one. It's flawless. You wouldn't change anything about it. Everything about that song works. And I don't know. There's yeah. not there's not too much to say well, about yeah, it. Because what, it's, what, it's, what do you say about it's, it? It's, it's, everyone knows it, but it's just it's as good as you think it is. Written by Paul McCartney. It was released on the Help album in August of 1965. Wow, that was an early and one. And then yeah. uh, released as a single in September. So it was re- it was recorded in August of 1965, released in September as a single. Right on. Um, yeah, it's, it's the shit, man. Yesterday is... It, very very somber right like yeah oh very much yeah. Ve- very very low for uh, and beatles i don't want to say they didn't do that too much because they definitely have their their collection of, of downer shit mm-hmm. but when they get sad they get real sad oh yeah <laughs> that's a that's a sit on a park bench and reflect on your life kind of song like, it's not quite dust in the wind level but it's yeah, like exactly. it's like right it's under there. It's, it's there it's, it's like the it's like if you were like to make a playlist dust in the wind is like the cover but like that's Track yeah, two is yesterday. Exactly. 
There you go. <laughs> so that's my number four. I'm going to take a quick little uh, sidebar here because you brought up the movie yesterday. I I have to. I can't do this podcast without shouting out my Beatles buddies, uh, mm-hmm. Aldo and Edgar. The Beatle um, Boys. The Beatle Boys. Um, we'd gone down to, before the COVID hit, we were going down, and we'd only done it two years in a mm-hmm. row, but we, they do a Beatles cover band. The Fab yeah, Four come down right. to... To uh, Windover, I've heard they're incredible. Too. They're it's it's fun. They and they they start out as the and they come out dressed up. They even have they do a, like an costume Ed Sullivan and stuff, uh, right. guy who who like kind of comes out and and announces them everything. Yeah, and they do all that stuff. And they oh, go yeah. through the air as they come out dressed as Sergeant Pepper. They do all of it, and it's it's awesome. What an awesome and they're gig! Great. What an awesome gig! You get paid to do that. Yeah. And I've heard like they they look and sound enough like the beatles oh, right they're, like, yeah it's amazing um but the last time i got to hang out with those guys was when we went to go see yesterday in the theater oh okay yeah so so shout out to my beatles boys that's another uh, you know, like we talked about across the universe a lot yesterday is another one of those completely different type of movie but as far as like uh really great versions of the songs mm-hmm. in in that movie oh, yeah. um i love the version of help in that movie i think that might be my favorite oh, version yeah. of that song. It's played because he's it's really played near towards the end of the movie where he's playing to just that giant crowd of people, and he's literally screaming out for help. Like, right? It's, it's I'm it, like very this, emotional. And yeah. the, the, the guy, he's not like the best singer you've ever heard, but he's he's just there's something he adds to that song particularly that just really works for me yeah. in that song. It's so, frantic and, and it is. Yeah, the guitars are really loud. It's very yeah. yeah. It's good. I what, love, what love that movie. Too. Great oh, movie. Yeah. yeah. If you haven't seen Yesterday. I, I, it took me a while to get around to it, and I wish I would have watched it sooner. It's a really great show. So, uh, we're on number four. Is You're number it? four. My number four is again. See, now this is what's crazy. My, if I had, if someone came up and said, "What's your favorite Beatles album?" I'd say Abbey Road. Not a lot of top songs off of Abbey Road for me. Right. Uh, I'm looking at my list. Like all my top songs are from the White Album. There's a lot of misses on the White Album, too, because it was very experimental. Like, right. each Beatle got a side of an album sure. to do, basically. But this is my one George Harrison song, and it's uh, While My Guitar Gently Weeps. This one's an honorable mention for me. Oh. Such a great tune, man. And George Harrison is awesome in oh, this song. Yes. Uh, one of the rare times, I mean, yeah, they had um, Billy Preston who would, who would you know, record with them. Mm-hmm. But this is one of the rare times. It was after they'd come back from India and the band was kind of in disarray and he'd kind of, he wrote it about the disarray of mm-hmm. everything, the world and the band and, and everything. And to, and he doesn't get credit on the album, but Eric Clapton, uh, you know, played guitar with him on this, right. on this track. Right. And it was kind of a fuck you to the Beatles going, yeah, I'm going to have my buddy come in and play on this, mm-hmm. you know, but, oh, it's such George a. George Harrison doesn't get nearly as much credit as he should because. Uh-huh. George Harrison really believed in just serving the song, mm-hmm. and sometimes that meant just playing the chords, taking and just, a step back, and just, and yeah. just doing what but needs he, to be done. His solo stuff after the Beatles split oh, is incredible. Yeah. He, he's he's a really talented musician. He doesn't get credit when people make lists of their favorite guitar players. People don't think of him as like mm. a shredder by any means. But the dude could play the instrument. Oh, yeah. you, just, you don't think of it when you think of. The Beatles, because you're like, yeah, you know, like the Let It Be solo is kind of cool, but it's not, you know, there's nothing, you know, you think of like Come Together, it's just like, you know, there's nothing too crazy going on there, but like, it's not like the guy couldn't play, he just, he was enough to, he let his ego go completely, enough of being like, I could just do something yeah. so complex on the guitar that would sound awesome, but it would make the song sound 
jumbled or I could just let the song be and just completely give the song what it needs. Exactly. And he did that every time. And speaking about no ego, yeah, he did he did a lot of solo stuff afterwards. He didn't do a lot of touring. No. Listen to George Harrison's solo stuff though. Like, if you have when, when he does I implore you. Oh yeah. No, he he's got some great stuff. His, I mean like his even, stuff is probably my favorite uh Beatles solo stuff. Yeah. Honestly. If I had to choose just one like a lot of people like John Lennon. I was like, about yeah. to say that, but I was like, well, McCartney's got some good stuff, but no, Harrison. If I had to pick just one, it's probably George Harrison. Especially stuff. going into the 80s, and he had um, uh, ELO. What's uh, the guy from ELO who produced a oh, lot of stuff? Um, Jeff Lynn. Yep. Um, I mean, just like he's he's a hell of a yeah. musician himself right. but the fact that he like got to work with like his heroes right and like, like when we didn't even bring up ringo like I mean, yeah you got lennon mccarty but georgia is like no one's like yeah we, we, we talked about ringo with the little home of my friends <laughs> <laughs> he still tours a lot though oh yeah he, he gets his little all-star band together and yeah. it's one of those that like i don't know if i'd pay for that i, I always but if, but if i always check out offered me a ticket i definitely i always go. check out because he he usually hits up usana yeah and i check out the band like okay who's his band this time let's yeah. see who's in the band Ooh, that that might be interesting well i don't know and like i'm waiting for like ooh, i, I, I want to go see this paul mccartney's one of those that i i'm just like 90 percent sure i'm never gonna see and 100 percent sure i'm gonna kick myself in the ass for it when uh, he's dead because I, <laughs> I i just i i know that i should yeah and i just don't know if the opportunities ever especially in a covid world now and it's one of those that i'm, I'm gonna beat myself up forever one day when he's gone knowing that i never got to see him yeah. perform live because i just i just should he came to uh real um i got i was able to do advanced tickets mm-hmm. like the day before and went and got this i mean i remember the days you're probably too young to remember this but i remember the days you'd, you'd sleep out at the box office right. and you'd go up and you're like you can't you out. could choose your damn tickets basically mm. um this one i like um aaron didn't want to go with me she's like take your mom i'm like that'd be kind of fun take, she, take she my mom oh yeah, yeah she likes okay. the beatles and i'm like cool I'll, I'll get two tickets and like right when they got on i got in the queue I want two tickets, and it was they were the shittiest seats I'd ever seen. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I want better seats. I had to go back out and get back in to request different oh. seats. Sold out. Oh no! And the time it took me to go out and back in to get new seats, they were gone. I was like, well, shit. Right. So that was my chance. <laughs> it sucks. So I've I've heard so many people getting screwed on stuff like that. Like the the way, and it, it's also shitty too when you. Start looking into the way the concert buying, the way that like yeah. bots come in, yep. buy them up to for to flip them. It's a shitty system. Yeah. The whole thing's broken. Very Maybe we should so. go back to getting in line at the box office because then at least you had to physically be there. Oh, we'd have good old times in front of with Smith ticks. You'd go sleep out in front of Smiths and we get used in to line. Go, Smiths, and... Smiths would always open like ten a.m. Yep. The day concerts went on sale, we'd always go to Smiths like nine thirty, nine forty-five in the morning and be there at the customer service desk when they open. The lady's like half asleep. She's like, "What do you want?" You know, like, <laughs> we would sleep out. We'd bring our sleeping bags, <laughs> our we'd guitars. Like we'd... tickets, please. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, those were the good old days. Yeah, man. I can't remember the last time I bought concert tickets in person. It's been a long time. Yeah. It's always just like, okay, get online and and do that. But uh, all right, my number three. We're getting into the into the the, the top tops now. The top tops. Um, <laughs> my number three is I've just seen a face. Oh, I love this song. Love this song. Uh, Written by was, Paul McCartney, ooh, yeah. released in 1965 on the UK Help album. Um, <laughs> Something I didn't know until I was putting stuff together for this. This was the first fully acoustic song that the band ever recorded. 
Really? Yep. Okay. Um, they actually recorded this in the same session that they recorded yesterday. They recorded okay. them both together. Nice. But this was the first fully acoustic song. And you know what? When I read that, I, I thought I was like, I was like, no, there's an electric guitar in there, isn't there? And I had to go back and listen to it. And I think it's because I've heard the Across the Universe one so yeah. many times. I went back and I, I was like, see that. oh, yeah, it is. It's a fully acoustic song. Yeah. But it... it, it Drew my attention, like, oh yeah, I guess that's true, isn't it? Okay. I, I it was tough to put this on my honorable mentions because I really wanted it to be on my top ten, but it it just didn't quite make it. But that is, I, I love that song. It's it, a good. This one. song to me, perv- and there's a lot of other songs that attempt this, and some of them do it, but maybe not quite as well as the song does. Fully captures that feeling of, I, I mean, I don't, I don't want to come off as some kind of a sap here or whatever, but don't don't be all up your own ass and just admit that at every point in your life some you've met a girl where you were just like on cloud nine but you know what i mean oh, yeah. like that first time you talk to somebody and like you know you get her number or something and you go back home and you're just like you yeah you almost can't I'm even gonna write this song yeah like you can't even see <laughs> this song just perfectly captures that like oh, nothing yeah. nothing can even hurt me right now like i am so happy everything is so perfect in mm-hmm. my life i don't even care like i don't even care what happens going forward like it, it's just it's so perfect yeah I love it, and that—that's one of those that, like, you know, if you get to like Kylie and I that are that are married and stuff now and have been for quite some time, what, for me personally, when I hear this song, I immediately go back to thinking of like in that early stage of dating my wife and be like, remember when it was like new? You know mm. what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. like when it was fresh and it was so brand new, and you were like, I can't wait to talk to her. I can't like, mm. you, you, I mean, you're you're dying to hear from her, like. The Beatles were just so good at that stuff. And like when you look at that, when you look at the old footage of them, it's like, yeah, no wonder women were screaming out of their minds everywhere they went because like they looked like the most model men you could ever you know what I mean? Like they, but they were had just their writing, shaggy hair and the... But they were writing love letters as songs oh, exactly. and just yeah. every woman falling to their knees. Like of course they were. They were they were just they would romance you in their lyrics and they were so relatable. Yeah. All the songs were so relatable. I've just seen a face. Great song. My number oh, three Beatles song good, of all time. Great, great song. Uh, my number three is from Yellow Submarine from 1969. Nice. nice. You know, I heard Brian Adams had a really good summer. <laughs> uh, written by John. Um, no, written by yeah John Lennon, of course. Why? Wow. Why, why wouldn't it be? That's like um, what like eight of your top. Yeah. <laughs> um, hey Bulldog. Oh. Um, funny thing about this song, it was they were actually doing a promotional film for Lady Madonna. Mm-hmm. And that's when they did "Hey Bulldog." That's when they pretty much recorded "Hey Bulldog" right. when they were record when they were recording a video for another song. This is back in the day when, like, and I brought it up with like I've just seen a phase. They recorded it the same day they recorded yesterday, mm-hmm. and uh, even with yesterday, I said they recorded it in August. It was released in, in September as a single. This is back in the day when, like, you would just go and you would record like an album in a day or two, yeah. and then it would be like out in three weeks after that there was no like oh yeah nowadays a band spends eight months or so on an album writing recording mixing all of that yeah it's like back in the day that there there was no bullshit there was just there was no like like uh black sabbath's paranoid album and you look at you know the songs on that album you got war pigs you got iron man you got paranoid all on that album and that album was recorded in two days two days start to finish went in the studio played this and like back in the day it wasn't like a okay you know, we're going to send Tony Iommi in the booth. He's going to play Iron Man. Then we're going to bring in Geezer Butler after that. He's going to come play the bass. Like, back in the day, you just went in and you, you did it. Like, all right, guys, play the song. Yeah. And then you recorded it, and that was it. Like, you just did it. You did it live, and then you left. Yep. I think The Doors was one that they did that their first album, which has got 
break on through light mm-hmm. my face got all that stuff they yeah. did that in six days right and it's like, got tons of hits and on there, it. there's no bullshit though but you know like and again like it, i'm not saying the beatles use bullshit later on but like you're talking like later on they kind of start to experiment more and that's not necessarily a bad thing but there is something about that the older stuff where it's so raw because it's so real it's like it's exactly. literally just four guys in a room they just played it and they recorded yeah. it and then that's it like it's basically live exactly it's, there's no production really like i was saying when we were talking about strawberry fields i always go back to the song 45 hours and five weeks in the studio for that one song right that's i mean that's again that's the song they're like hey let's experiment the shit right. out of stuff but nowadays it's like you got to record guitars for three four days and then you, the exactly. drummer's gonna go hit record his stuff in new york because that's where the better producer is back in the day it's like fuck all that shit just get in the room set up the mics and do it just play the song yeah that's it um, hey Bulldog's not re- I love it because again it's another just kind of a rockin' more it's a rockin' yeah, yeah. song um, it was off the Yellow Submarine album which I think Hey Bulldog uh, back in the day now it's it's a kind of a bigger song mm. um, when they released Yellow Submarine there were four new songs on that album right um, I can't remember how many of the other ones um, were just like re-release songs because mm-hmm. it was a soundtrack and then the B-side was just George Martin's score to the movie. So a lot of people weren't going out to buy this album because there are four new songs. So Hey Bulldog was one of those songs that just kind of went by the wayside back mm-hmm. in the day. And no one really gave a crap about uh, fun, This is a funny story. Uh, going, <laughs> is- going, going, to see, uh, going out to Wendover to see the Fab Four concerts the, the last time we went. Um, we got tickets kind of late, but we were here in the back. I don't know if you've been to the the Pepper Mill concert mm-hmm. hall. Yeah, only there, once. There's not a bad seat in oh, there. No, you could be it, in the back row and you're great, fine. And the, the sound is really oh, yeah. good. But I, we're, you know, I'm not a gambler. So when you go to Wendover, there's only one thing for me to do, and that's drink. Yep. So by the time we got into that <laughs> show. <laughs> I, I beg your pardon, sir. There is a strip club in there. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> um, by the time we got into that show, like, we we're we were just feeling good. And like every time they'd like go into an, another song, I'd be in the back just going, Hey, Bulldog! Hey, Bulldog! And I was just yelling that constantly. Oh, and like, they were I'd probably have, like I had people just like, What the guy. fuck? And then at the end, like, they, they come out and they sign their albums and stuff. Oh. And I just kind of. Oh, they have albums? Yeah, they have. They, yeah, they, they, they record and put they, out they re-record albums and stuff. Oh, yeah, that's cool. Um, but uh, I, I just kind of got behind the velvet rope. I wasn't mm-hmm. in line. And they all came out, and everyone was clapping, and I'm just kind of leaning over, and it was the guy who was George Harrison. Yeah. And I just, like, I just wanted to say something. Yeah. Like, again, you know, drunk, stupid guy, being a jackass. Yeah. And I just like, hey, dude, why don't you guys play Hey Bulldog? <laughs> and he's like, he's like, it's a great song. He's like, but this is a casino, and they just want us to play the hits. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that makes you sense. Respect that, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. He's like, he's like, I love that song. Don't get me wrong, but because it's a different gig when you play in a casino. Because for like, every <laughs> one of you, there is in an audience that buys a ticket to that show, there's 10 other people going, what the fuck is this? Exactly. You know I mean, they want... They want all you need is love, and they want exactly. hey Jude, and they want all that. And I and I and I just said, "Hey, awesome show!" And I turned around, walk away, thinking, "He's." I bet he's just getting ready to sign autographs. Going, that's yeah. that fucker. I just kept right. hearing, going, "Hey, bulldog!" Yeah. <laughs> I bet as soon as you said it, he's like, "You're, You're that the son of a." B- <laughs> There's no way they didn't hear it because oh, it's I a know. small enough, <laughs> it's a small enough room. They definitely heard some uh, jackass be like, "Hey, <laughs> hey bulldog!" <laughs> You're the Freebird uh, guy. We're, we're going to have to take you down next time uh, that oh, we go down for that. Definitely, that uh, definitely. That'll be good. Time. There are applications for the Beatles. <laughs> uh, 
All right, number two. Um, from here on out, my number two and my number one are boring and predictable. Really? Um, well, you already did yesterday, so I don't know how much more predictable we can get. <laughs> Challenge accepted. Uh, <laughs> my number two is a song that I think just puts you in a good mood no matter when or where you hear it. And it's just one that there's no way I could leave it off. Not only could I not leave it off, it had to be in the top two. And that's Here Comes the Sun. Um, good, great song. Harrison, written, right? Written by George Harrison, yeah. released in 1969 on the Abbey Road album. Uh, Harrison wrote the song at the count at the country house of friend Eric Clapton, which is pretty sweet. Um, that you kind of mentioned earlier, there, buddies. It's, <laughs> there's a whole there's a whole backstory <laughs> yeah, of yeah, their friendship. Right. <laughs> it's just such a happy song, dude. It's it. I don't. It's just it's impossible. And the guitar is beautiful. The, yeah. the the harmonies. The, oh. And the, the it's another one. The melody's just simple enough, but you get that little doo 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 doo. Mm-hmm. It's just it's so catchy, and yeah, it's just one of those like if I ever need to like cheer up a little bit, I, I just can't be in a bad mood when I hear it. It just perks me up. It's such a feel good song, and you know we kind of like we talked about like yesterday being real somber. This one's just the other side of that coin where it's like oh life is good, man. Nice. So. Here comes gone. the sun. I, can't, I, I think I have a feeling what your number one's going to be, but uh, it's, yeah. Yeah, it, there, there, there's one. Here comes the sun is 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 it's phenomenal. Again, one of those that like it just it can't. It's didn't make the list sadly. It, I, there's just no way I could do it and not. You <laughs> nice. know, it, I just I couldn't. So I like I like the list when it's diff- it's so different. Oh, like yeah. again, we're gonna we, get we're gonna get to the end of this, and there's only gonna be that yep. one that we had the, the oh, same. Yeah. That's awesome. And it was the first one. <laughs> My first one, anyway. Yeah. Um, so my number two is from Abbey Road, 1969. Nice. <laughs> uh, John Lennon. This is the second longest Beatles song. If you count Revolution Number 9, which I don't know why you would count that song. Is that the super slowed down one? No, no. Revolution oh. Number 9 is just the weird number nine. Number oh, nine. Oh, the, okay. the weird John Lennon right, shit right, from the White right. Album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this is I Want You, She's So Heavy. Oh, I fucking love this song. Oh, talking about across the universe. <laughs> oh. Dude, is that not like the greatest scene in the whole fucking oh, yeah. movie with the Uncle Sam poster coming to life? Yep. Like, dude, the the writers of that movie have to get so much credit for not only being able to utilize all these Beatles songs, but they like if if by some chance you hadn't heard the Beatles before, if you were so you you could be convinced that these were original songs for this movie because they all fit perfectly into the story and it's they just they wrote the story around the songs but they exactly. fit so well that you would just assume like you would believe like oh yeah this like it it's about this it's not but the way that they <laughs> they put it in there you're like oh fuck that works yeah yeah Ugh. um so oh, there's just so much about the song like so there's this white noise um I can't remember if it was Ringo that was messing with this thing, but there was this uh, keyboard that would do this white noise. And like, if you listen to that song, it like you hear that, like, like that hissing and it just gets louder and Mm -hmm. it's building to the end of the song. And Lennon's just like, I want more, bring more, bring more. And how that song just like, it just ends. Mm-hmm. There's there's no ending. It, it just, just like stop. It it, uh, it like accelerates and accelerates oh, yeah. and then just it nothing. just goes. And like when they're in the studio, John Lennon was like, "Okay, cut the tape now." Yeah. Okay, cut the. And the producer's like, "No, we need an ending." It's like, "No, cut the tape here." Yeah. So that's why there's just that. Just it goes. just like boom, it just stops. Um. What was the the other thing I wanted to say about this? I can't even remember now. Oh, it was um, John Lennon always wanted to write a song. 
with just one word. Mm-hmm. He never told anyone what that one word was going to be, but mm-hmm. he said he wanted to write the song in a way that you could use that one word in different ways and convey different mm-hmm. feelings and different meanings. That feels like the most John Lennon thing I've ever heard about. Yeah, <laughs> and people think maybe it's peace, maybe it's love, you know. But, but this song, for almost an eight-minute-long song, there is only 15 words in this song. Right. It's, I want you so bad. It's driving me mad. She's so heavy. Babe, no, yeah. 15 words in an eight-minute song. And it's, Crazy. when I got the Beatles rock band, I was so excited. So we, we got we got the guitar. It was me and Aaron and and Brandy um, playing. I'm like, oh, my God. When I saw that that, that was on there, I'm like, oh, we're playing this uh-huh. fucking song. We're, 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 we're playing, playing this. this. And at one point, I just remember, I think I was the one, singing and Aaron and Brandy were playing the guitars and at one point I just remember going Brand, hearing Brandy behind me going does this song ever end I'm like no it's amazing <laughs> <laughs> no that's the best part <laughs> oh that's fucking awesome um, I love in the Across the Universe version if you're not familiar by for whatever reason if you haven't seen it um, one of the main characters the, the movie takes place during the 60s during the Vietnam War and one of the one of the guys gets drafted, has to go show up. This is the song they play while he's like showing up, and they do like a montage of him getting his hair buzzed and all that, blah blah blah. And they have at first they have the Uncle Sam poster singing the song, and then it's kind of like they're all singing it kind of in unison, almost like it's like a like a like a code now, right? It's like a that fall staying in line, staying in order. Yeah. And then they do this really beautiful imagery at the end of the song when when they're saying she's so heavy where they're carrying the Statue of Liberty. And it, it's just, from, from the from the viewpoint of the way the movie was using this song, it's so well done being like, Liberty is Liberty so is, heavy yeah. on your shoulders, or what troops are asked to do in the pursuit of freedom and stuff. It's a yeah. heavy burden on them. It's a heavy burden on their families and obviously costs people their lives. So it's just one of those things where it's like, man... That that's has nothing to do with the Beatles per se, but like what a great interpretation of that song. Oh, Fucking insane. Alright, my number one. Um Again, like I mentioned earlier, I'm a very casual amateur guitar player. I've been in a few bands and stuff in my day and still play for people for once in a while. Um if if I have an acoustic guitar with me, there's no chance you'll ever hear me play without hearing me play this song. And my number one is Let It Be. Okay. Um I think it, I mean, if I probably sat and thought about it for a while, I don't know. But like, if you if you just ask me, what's your favorite song or what I think is maybe the best song on the top of my head, this is the one I'm gonna say. I think this is a perfect song. I love like one one of like the big things I have to constantly remind myself just in my own life is like don't stress about things you can't control. And I think that's like just it's so the hard message of it's this so hard song. to do. Sometimes it's like you can only do what you can do, man. Like, no, that that no, that's that's yeah. not. Sometimes you can right. only do what right. you can do. Exactly. It's but like it's hard to wrap you your head around yourself it. exactly. And so it's like, let it be, dude. Like just let it be. And uh, you know, the song takes on a whole other life when you consider Paul McCartney. You know, feeling like he spoke to his mother in a dream where she told him, "Let it be." After he felt like he'd gotten burnt out from all the touring, you know. And uh, if you haven't seen the. Uh, the carpool karaoke with Paul McCartney. Oh, that's so good! It's incredible. It, it's the best one they've I ever done. I don't like James Corden, but damn, you that's good. No, oh, I, no, I, I, not, I find not, it funny. not a fan. Oh, okay. Well, anyways, this one is the best one they've ever done by far. Oh, yeah. And well, and it's like a whole thirty hour, minutes, yeah. isn't it? And they're yeah. driving around the car, and he's and he tells the story. And he brings James Corden to tears. Oh yeah. Yep. 
where he talks about being burnt out and that his mother came to him in a dream and she had passed away not too long ago before that and told him, let it be like relax. You need to stop stressing, let it be. And so he wrote this song. Um, there's also a, a real beauty of it to me knowing that it comes off of the Beatles last album. So it's kind of like a, let it be. It, it, it I don't know. I, I don't know if they ever intended it to be this way, but my, I always interpreted this as like the Beatles goodbye song. That's the way I, that's what I feel when I hear it. And I don't know. I don't think that's ever what they wanted it to be, but like that, I think of the end of the Beatles when I hear this song and it's like the end of an era, the end of the greatest band of all time two of the greatest songwriters who ever lived in the same band choosing not to do this together anymore. And so that just adds like another emotional level to this song for me. I think the lyrics are perfect. Um, it was released on March 6th, 1970. It was later the title track of their last album, Let It Be. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. It's, I say th- th- there's no chance you'll ever hear me play songs and not hear me play this song because I love yeah. playing it. I love singing it. It's, people it's love, great. People great love song. to hear it. Um, again, kind of boring, I guess, in the sense of it's definitely a big hit of theirs, but it's just it's just a it's flawless good. song. Yeah. It's a flawless song. And I, I love George Harrison's guitar solo in it. Simple as it may be, it just sounds really good. Um, yeah. And it's yeah, it's it's like there it's the Beatles' farewell. At least that's what I hear when yeah. I hear it. So okay. gotcha. Let It Be is my number one Beatles song, maybe number one song ever in general. Okay. So. My number one, like I, I this will always be into my number one. So it was like you say when you're on like, the walrus, I swear to God. No, no, no but I do. <laughs> this is that's an honorable mention. I do want to talk about really? that. Okay. Um, my number that's one, my least favorite Beatles, is song. from Sgt. Pepper's. Hi. Um, nineteen sixty-seven. This is actually Lennon and McCartney. A, a day in the life. Fucking amazing so song. Good. Especially when you start going, and I'm sure you're going to get into it, the way this song was kind of rewritten and and stuff, because I know like Paul had an original Paul idea Paul had a song, song and yep. John had a song, and they and were then, like, let's put this together, yep, basically. And, it, it, and, you and, can, and you can hear it. You can hear it, Oh, yeah. yeah it's <laughs> but at the same time, though, it works. Oh, yes. Well, and, and like I, my feeling when I get it, and it's it's just my interpretation is like it's a it's a dream. It's a guy dreaming, and he's waking up, mm-hmm. and he's going back into a dream, and like you, so the two different versions of the song is it's the guy dreaming the other part. I don't know. That's just that's just how I've always felt. You have that. I can see that. You have the alarm ringing, and that's when he wakes up from the dream. And I don't, I don't know. Um, that last note was um, E major. And it was three. It was three different people on three pianos hitting that chord at the exact same time. Okay. And that's probably. Uh, so it sounds so big. It, and it it's almost one minute long. That that note yeah. is held for like a minute. Just that sounds boom. so. Full. Oh, and it's just so good. <laughs> um, another thing I, I really love about it is you get that orchestra at the end, mm-hmm. and you you hear the the violin. You hear all the the strings and everything. And it was forty musicians. George Martin was conducting the musicians and basically he was telling them, I just want, I want chaos. Basically. I don't want you to listen to what this guy is doing. I want you to just start from here and reach a certain point. I don't want anyone to go off of what anyone else is doing. I just want it to be utter, just, just to build. Mm -hmm. And it's just, I, every time I hear that song, when I went and saw Jeff Beck, Jeff Beck does a great instrumental version of that. I don't Mm -hmm. know if you've ever heard that Mm -hmm. at all on his guitar, but it's day in the life is my all time favorite. It's it's a solid pick. 
Before we get into some honorable mentions, what what will I'll give this to you, and then we'll 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 do this back and forth here. Is there what what about my list was predictable to you, and what about my list surprised you, if anything? Um, is it about what you thought it would be? No, because you were talking about how you didn't like the hippie days, but there was a lot of hippie era stuff on your list. To I think be I surprised with myself you. a little bit. Yeah. Um, yesterday, I, I I was like, you know. It's like great. No way Yesterday, Yesterday and Let It Be are the two songs that like those they're great. Hey Jude, again, another those are three just amazing great songs. Mm-hmm. But I mean, when you look at their whole catalog in general, I'm like, I have songs that like, yes, like if Hey Jude comes on, I'm gonna listen to Hey Jude. Right. Hey Jude has a lot of deeper um meanings for me mm-hmm. for other things, but it didn't make my list. Right. Uh and and I think when it comes to that, it's like, you know what? Everyone knows Hey Jude. Everyone mm. knows Yesterday. Everyone knows Let It Be. I don't need to put that on my list. Right. It, it's That's a universal thing. Yes, that's a great song. Sure. I don't need to put that on my top ten list. It's, I can see it's that. It's great. They're, yeah. they're awesome. I think I think I came from it with the angle of like, I could I could choose other things and be different for the sake of being different, but at, but at the end of the day, I'm lying to myself if I do that, in a, sen- in a sense. Like, not that those other songs aren't great, but like, I can't convince myself that this deeper cut song that I really like, I can't convince myself that it's better than Hey Jude. You know what I mean? Okay, like, no. like, like I, they're just, they're that good. They are that good. And they, yet, they are, but I don't, when I look at my list, I don't feel that. I don't feel no, like no. I left Hey Jude off because I wanted to put Hey right. Bulldog. But, it, but I don't feel if that. I did that, I would be, I would be lying okay. to myself and I, I know. Would, and that's great. I would that's... be forcing myself to be different for the sake of being different. Instead of just feeling what I think is the truth. I think let it be is the, greatest Beatles song they've ever, you know, that I, I feel that that's the truth. Not because like it's the most popular. It's so successful. I just, I think it's the greatest song they ever wrote. I think my, uh, thing with the Beatles is, uh, growing up in Utah in a Mormon family, you didn't really get a lot of, I didn't get a lot of musical inspiration. It was, if anything, it was country. It was, no, it was like, <laughs> you'd get like Johnny Cash. Like right. my grandpa was a big Johnny Cash fan. I, so I, I, Johnny Cash is great. Yeah. Johnny Cash, Jack, um, um, it, it was never my cup of tea per se, but there's definitely some songs you're like, yeah, it, yeah. that's great, dude. Um, but the Beatles was one of the things that like, when I'm going through my mom's, when I'm at oh, that age, I'm going through my mom's record chest mm. and I'm like, the Beatles, okay. But she was of the the early Beatles. So when I would listen to it, it's like Twist and Shout, and I want to hold your hand. And I'm like, yeah. this is fine, but I don't care. Twist and Shout is one of those that I just... I, I'm not saying it's bad by any means or whatever, but yeah, that that's one that I've never been... Yeah. I wouldn't skip it, but it's it's not one I look yeah. for. But it's not until later when I uh, was dating the girl in middle school and high mm-hmm. school that I was, I was telling you about that had a relation it was related to Paul McCartney when I really did the deep dive into the Beatles and really learned about them. And that's when I'm like, Oh, they're not this poppy shit. Mm-hmm. They've got deeper, awesome stuff. Right. So that that's where I, you Your know, I knew of them. I thought it was going to be, yours was less obscure than I thought it was going to be. Okay. I guess I thought it was going to be a lot of like, I am the walrus and dude. No, okay. Okay. Let's, so we're on that. We're, we're, we're going to hit honorable mentions. Cause so I, I am I, the, I thought it was going to be more yellow submarine, more, oh. the, more of like the weirder stuff. No, okay. I thought you were no, going to have more submarine. of that. <laughs> yeah. I won't lie though. That melody, I, I don't really like that song, but that melody, it's always at work for some reason too. Just in my, it's like, it's like, it's like a go-to humming 
Like, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll catch myself without even thinking about it. Just be walking around like... <laughs> and I don't know why. Mm. I'm like, why is that, like, the go-to? And I guess just speaks to the Beatles. Like, that's how good of a tune it is, I guess. But, okay. Yeah. Um, I am the Walrus. Do you know the background of I am the Walrus at all? No. The story of this? I, so what, I, what is it that you don't like about it? Is it just gibberish to you? Maybe a little bit. It's just, it's, yeah, it's just, it's really out there for me. Okay. It's really out there for me to the, like, a lot of the Beatles songs I like feel profound to me in, in what they're saying. Gotcha. This one, like, again, like, Let It Be to me is like, it's a simple message, but it's powerful in the sense of like, that's a, a message we could all take to heart. Like, lay down or like hello goodbye like lean on the positive or like here comes the sun is kind of like yeah it's just it's upbeat it, it feels like there's a little more meaning to it you know i, I yeah i'm the walrus it's just it's just very out there so so let me explain i am the walrus to you and it, um, it also probably doesn't help that the first time i ever heard that song was also in across the universe i'm not a u2 fan not a bono oh fan god no he, no he sings that song in that yeah, movie that's true yep. that's my first impression of that song okay that, so yeah i can it, see it started how off on the wrong foot so i am the walrus they, they had just discovered that there was a professor in England that was teaching a class on the Beatles songs. Mm-hmm. And he was basically teaching it like Shakespeare. Like, we're interpreting their lyrics and their meanings behind the everything. Art, yeah. Yeah. And John Lennon was like, what the fuck? Our songs are just our songs. There's no deep meaning behind our lyrics. I take offense to that. What are you? Yeah. So he was really upset when he heard that this, this was a college course yeah. in England. So he wrote I Am the Walrus as a gibberish song. There's oh, no meaning really? behind anything just to piss off that professor. He's like, here, you, you want to teach about our deep meanings. I don't know if it's like an old wives tale. I've heard, I heard a thing a long time ago that it was like the... Uh, uh, what's that fucking little story in Alice in Wonderland? Oh yeah, the, the walrus the, and the carpenter. Yeah. I, I I had heard that the Beatles were like inspired by that. I don't know if that's yeah. true. Okay, no, this that, this that was, was one of those things where it's like it, it it feels believable enough. That movie came out, you know, a good ten years before. But it was it's like they they maybe were were fans of psychedelic Disney movies like mm-hmm. Alice in Wonderland. So like I, I that seemed believable that it could be, but I never knew. So it, it almost it's it's the top of my um honorable mentions because I love that the fact that it's a fuck you to like, hey, you know mm-hmm. what? That's that's not if who anyone we was are. gonna do that, it would be John Lennon yeah. too, because John Lennon was a dick in that sense. Like he couldn't help himself. Yeah. Just um, just just read the lyrics to that song. Nothing makes sense. One of my favorite it's, John Lennon clips of all time is when they were uh, playing at the one theater where they were talking about uh, it. There's a great documentary was on Netflix for a while. It was like how the Beatles took over the world. I think is what it's called. And um, it's an old black and white when it's still in suits Beatles, bowl cut Beatles mm-hmm. still at this point, but where they were playing and they played like help and twist and shout and stuff. But uh, John Lennon had a very anti wealthy you know what I mean? He didn't like super pretentious, wealthy people that just made money off the lower people, right? And so they had, like, the main people in the crowd, and they had, like, the upper-level people where, like, the super wealthy people would be up top. And they had kind of told him before the show, like, don't antagonize. You know, like, don't. Because they just knew. It was like, John, he can't exactly. help himself. Yeah. And it, it was like, there was no way he wasn't going to say anything. And there was a part where, I think it was before they played Twist and Shout, where he says, like, if I, we'd love to see you guys dancing around and stuff, and you people at the top just uh, shake your jewelry back and forth or something. He's what he says, like you know, and it was and he, he has kind of a smirk on his face. He's like he had he had to get something in there. Yeah. Like, there was no way. So that's that's I hate to kind of side with the college professor, 
in this scenario. But like uh-huh. that that that's how I feel about the Beatles too, though. Like I with I and the Walrus, like I can't wrap my brain around the same band that's like, you know, it, like if all the broken-hearted people living in the world agree, there'll be an answer. Let it be. I can't I can't wrap my head around those guys are the same guys that did Cuckoo Cachoo. I am the I'm the yeah. I'm the Eggman, the Walrus. It's just like th- those aren't the same guy. <laughs> but when you know the story behind it, sure. Like I, I don't know. That's that's why I really like that that song. Right. It, and 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 may- maybe I take the Beatles too seriously. You know, like may- maybe it's good to have that to like take a step back. Like these are just guys. Don't don't overanalyze yeah. every word they said. Yeah. Um, an honorable mention I have is "Hold Me Tight." Oh yeah, that, um, and that great across the universe, a great yeah, version on that. Probably the first, probably the first version of the song I heard. If if I'm guessing, I'm probably sure. Um, yeah, great, great song, great melody, super simple, and it just it just uh, screamed of those like just like cutesy Beatles songs, those old Beatles songs like I want to hold your hand and yeah. stuff that are just they're innocent songs. I want to be just, your man. Yeah, <laughs> but they're just you know, and it's a very like the, that's another one like you talked about. Uh, She's so heavy, and so there's not very many words in it. Hold me tight. There's like not that many words. It's like the same verse over and over yeah. again. You know, they yeah. just repeat it like six times. But it's just a cute, innocent little song. I don't know. I I, I really enjoy it. That's good stuff. Yeah. Um. My my other honorable mention. Or well, I've 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 all plenty, but the uh, one that uh, it's called the long one. It's it's referred to as the long one. It's mm-hmm. basically the B side of Abbey Road, where it's just that medley of songs. Um, where John, John John Lennon hated it because it was like Abbey Road was not. He's like I love the I love the first side of it because there were some songs you had come together and you had you oh, know yeah. I want you. He's like there were there were fleshed out songs mm-hmm. where the B side is just a bunch of songs that we had written that weren't finished and mm-hmm. we just tossed them together and made a huge. Um, medley of songs. To, that's never the way to do it. Right? No, but I love it. it and it's okay. you never gave me your money. Sun King, Mean Mr. Mustard, Polythene Pam. She came in through the bathroom window, which is awesome. And then you got Golden Slumbers, Carry That Weight in the End, and it's all just one. And if you've played Beatles Rock Band, right. you have that option to play the, the long one. The, long the, one, the yeah. and it's oh, it's I love it. It's it's good the stuff. Um, a girl is another one. Okay, that's yeah. an honorable mention for me. Just really good, just really good song, really good, really good uh, melody there in the verses. It's just easy to sing along to. Um, it has kind of this like, like a laziness, like the way it kind of drags in a in a way like like the way it's written. It's supposed to be kind of like, you know, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. you know, it's just it's. I don't know, but it's a good quality in that song. I like the way it feels. Kind of, it almost feels like. I know it wasn't this way, but it, it almost feels like it was recorded and then slowed down. Okay, like, like yeah. intentionally, but it's not. But that's just the way that the tempo of the song kind of goes. It feels very like, uh, like it's very anticipatory of the next thing that's happening. So I, I, gotcha. I like a girl a lot. Nice. Um, I've got two er- really early ones: um, "A Hard Day's Night." If anything, just for that opening chord. I mean, that's <laughs> iconic. Yeah. I mean, that's great. Um, eight days a week. Eight days Love a week. Love it. Yep. Great song. Eight days a week. Great song. Hard days night. Really yeah. Good song. Hard days night. It won't be long. That's another one yeah, song. My mentions. Another, another great from across the universe. That, yep. That's probably my favorite version of that song. Actually, yeah. there's something about her voice in that song that she's she's great. Really good. I like she's good in the other song, but like that one specifically, I think, is the best one she sings in yeah. that movie. 
Um, another one I like but didn't like enough to put anywhere near the list. That's why it's like even towards the bottom of my honorable mentions is Dear Prudence. I That's my next one on my okay. honorable mention. Yeah. I, I like it, but I, I don't like it nearly as much as I think a lot of people do. And it's weird because when I hear it, like if it comes on my Spotify, I love it. I love yeah. it, and I sing along to it. Yeah. I'm like this melody is great, but when I yeah. when I, I can't get jazzed about it until it's on for some yeah. reason. Okay, I don't know why. Yeah, and it's one I thought would definitely make my top ten, but it was one that that just kind of fell shy of it. The other one that did not make my it's top ten. Another one 10. In across the universe when you hear the girl's name is Prudence. Prudence like yep, okay, yep. Well, we're setting oh, this. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Uh, the other one that that's I'm surprised the name you just come across. <laughs> Jude and Prudence, there's a lot of those yeah. running around. <laughs> uh, the other one I was surprised didn't make my top ten was another one of their rockin' ones. Was every, everybody's got something to hide, except for yeah. me and my monkey. Great, <laughs> great song. Soundgarden did an awesome cover of that. I don't know mm-hmm. if you've ever heard that, but uh-uh. uh, awesome. I wanted to put Help on my list really badly. Help I really great. did because it's a good song. Yeah. It's another one. Can never skip it when it comes on. I love it every time I hear it, but... There's just too many, dude. The, the, yeah. This easily could have been a top twenty. It, I mean, it we, could have been. I could have filled the top twenty real easy. Another one that's up there with "I've Just Seen a Face" is oh uh, "If I Fell." Oh, oh. "If I Fell" is great, and that's that's early. That's early yeah. oh, day yeah. Beatles, and that's that's it's great. Yeah. Um, I guess we should mention "I Want to Hold Your Hand" just because it is so iconic. Yeah. Um, it's not anywhere near my top Beatles songs. I don't think like. If I had to rank them, it's it's fairly lower, but I it, I do have a place for it just because I understand its significance. Because that's a song like when you hear it, it is it's not just any Beatles song. When you hear it, you think Ed Sullivan. You think oh, yeah. it feels like the launching, right? It feels like the Hey World, this is the Beatles song, and so it's hard not to just appreciate it for that. Trying to like put myself in that headspace of like imagine hearing this the first time sixty years ago, you know? Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. I can't even imagine. So you got any more? All of that that was that, that, that was, was pretty much it. Oh, yeah, really? I mean, I think we it's, made a solid list. Yeah, pretty good. I, I I I did enjoy. I would almost say they were responsible. Yeah, very responsible. I, I did enjoy that they were very different. Um, and I, I figured they would be. I thought yours was going to be. I thought yours was going to be a lot more down the rabbit hole of the weird. Um, what's the What's the one? In across the universe, that the the carnival guy sings. Oh, being for the benefit of Mr. Kite. Yeah, I'm just, and that, that's one that for some reason I, I thought you were going to pull a, some of that. And that's shit Eddie out. Izzard in Across the Universe. Right. And he does he does an amazing job it, it on is. that song. Very theatric. Um, but that's a song I never really. Yeah, it's fine. Mm-hmm. I don't really care for it that much. Right. Something is another one that it's a great song. It's a really great song. That that's oh. That was the one that I forgot to put on my list because like, I have a story about this. Something, okay. something's amazing. If you can, if you can, uh, it's probably on YouTube, I'm sure. But they did a the concert for George after George had died, mm-hmm. and everyone got together and did this huge benefit concert. Paul McCartney comes out because something is. It's one of those like yesterday. It's a perfect song. You wouldn't change anything right, from something. Right. Something's beautiful. Um, but this version. Paul comes out and he's kind of saying, you know, hey, sometimes we'd go to have dinner. We'd go around George's house and have dinner. And, Mm -hmm. you know, as the night would go on, we'd pull out the ukuleles. And he had a little ukulele in his hand. And he's like, you know, and and he he starts telling the story. And he's like, and this is one of the songs we'd play. And he, on the ukulele, he just starts playing something. Mm -hmm. And he plays that first little verse of something on the ukulele. I'm like, this is interesting. And then it goes to the second verse. 
and Clapton comes out with the electric guitar, oh, and it just goes, it just takes <laughs> this song to another level. Right. And you're like, oh my god, this. The song thing is I really amazing. like about that song is the way the the verses of that song are written. It's it's like just above. It's just a step above a mumble, right? It's it's very mellow, and the way that song builds. You oh know, yeah, it, it, it you know. To compared to like you know something in the way it's very soft and then when you kind of get that doom 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 yeah and then oh, yeah. you know everyone knows the i don't know part yeah. um it I, I love the way that song just builds yep that, that's one of my big things with the beatles is that yeah. bit, the, the the stuff that builds is another really one awesome. i want to mention real quick because it is one of the big ones is all you need is love because it's been in so yeah. many commercials and stuff and it's a good song it's, it, good song. it's another one that i think i like a lot of versions of that song that aren't the beatles song really Beatle version of you it. like I, something other than the beatles version. i get i guess because so like, uh, and I, I think i think what it is is just there's no there's no in the beatles version there's no for number one there's no melody in the verse there's none it's it's almost it's it's like just a step above spoken word mm. and john lennon's voice has like no enthusiasm in the way that's a, comparing it to the across the universe version which is basically just an acapella version of it until the very end but like the way he gives it like a like a melody to to be like you know there's nothing you can do that can't be done compared to like the beatles one which is just like nothing you can do it can't be done you know, it's 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 just like he, it's he's almost like just talking over the music. It's not even there's not so other than to grasp onto like the, the the chorus is amazing, right? Oh, All yeah. you need a, that there, but like the verses in the Beatles one, I the lyrics are are, are amazing. You know, the, so what other covers besides the Across the Universe would you? Say, that, that's the one that comes oh, to my mind, okay, just because okay, I, gotcha. number one, it's the last song in the movie, so it's just it's yeah. really and the way that they do it, kind of homaging the roof concert but him going up there and just singing it with just his voice it, it's really well done but i just like that the verse the verse has more substance to me with no with in an acapella with, version okay and yeah i get that compared to and it's no knock on john lennon he's a great singer but in that song he's just he sounds i mean that hit john lennon's accent specifically kind of has that lazy english like oh yeah you know it's very yeah. mellow and there, there's just no <laughs> No enthusiasm in his voice, I find, in All You Need Is Love. And they say it's it's like there, there's just enough tone in his voice where you could say he's singing it, but he's basically talking over the over the music, yeah. which I just, okay. it doesn't speak to me. That was a song I never loved until I saw The Across the Universe. That was the first time that song really stuck out to me. Like, oh, like I like I know the song. That was the first time I'd ever popped Really? Okay. Right. Um, I'm going to throw this out because... Um, <laughs> this is something one of my Beatles buddies uh, turned me on to. It was a, it's a tribute to George Martin. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called In My Life, and it's a tribute to George Martin, who was the producer of the Beatles. Listen to the songs and the artists on these songs. I urge you to like go on YouTube or whatever, listen to these, because they're awesome. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's pretty sweet. So you got Come Together by Robin Williams and Bobby McFerrin. Oh, jeez. Oh, yeah. Hard Day's Night by Goldie Hawn, which is more of a like slow jazz club type of a version of mm-hmm. the song. Uh, Day in the Life by Jeff Beck. Amazing. Here, There, and Everywhere by Celine Dion. There's a better version by David Gilmore and his son that, right. that they released. Um, because, uh, let's see, I Am the Walrus, Jim Carrey, does an awesome job. Um, here's one for you. Here Comes the Sun by John Williams. So oh, he does sure. an orchestral version of that. 
Bing for the benefit of Mr. Mr. Kite, Billy Connolly. Uh, he's a British uh, comedian. Mm. I don't know if you're familiar with him. I've definitely heard his name. He does a great, uh, great version. Golden Slumbers, Carry That Weight, The End. Phil Collins does a really cool cover of that. Okay. Um, and then um, at, there, there's the other ones I didn't mention, but the, the one that caps it off is In My Life. And it bringing up that you were kind of saying the spoken word kind of thing. Yeah. In My Life on this album is performed by <laughs> Sean Connery. Oh, I thought you were, were going to say William Shatner. No, Sean Connery. But it's very <laughs> much him. Yeah, same thing. He's, he's very much speaking. Shatner's so rocket band. Exactly. He's, the, the music's going on, but he's reading the, the thing. And it's, dude, check that album out. It's okay. it's really good. That, the is, Jim Carrey is one will, together will like the most mind. covered Beatles song, probably. I, that That's the one. Uh, yesterday just, is. You think? Yep. Yesterday? Okay. Because Come Together is the one I know off the top of my head that I can name, like, Oh yeah, this version, this version, this version. There's some really good ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's his name? Gary Clark Jr. does a really oh, good. Gary Clark Jr. He's a very damn. good. Um, <laughs> uh, Godsmack does a pretty good come together. That's, really? That's not bad. Yeah. Hmm. I'll have um, to check that out. That's one of the ones that I actually don't care. Hey, I'm glad I thought of this because we were saying earlier, like I don't know if there's any of the across the universe ones I don't like. I don't really love the come together in across the universe. It's okay. Yeah, it's just okay. Yeah. Compared to how good some of the other ones are. Exactly. Like, it's it's towards bottom. But the best is, um, going back to the night we had the Beatles rock band, when we did come together, because it shows you, because I'm, I'm the one singing on the microphone, and so it's got your little karaoke yeah. things coming up. The beginning, of, the beginning of the song is him going, shoot me. Is it really? Yeah. And and Brandy Is that official? Is that yeah. Oh yeah, no, that's that is official. And I never knew that. And Brandy's I like I just thought it was like a Yeah, it was just Is a, that a, what he's singing? That's kind of messed up. I'm like, yeah, yeah, now that you mention it, yeah, that is kind of messed yeah. up. Wow. Cuz I always thought it was just kind of like yeah, some, yeah, some weird thing, yeah. but he's I it was he's like a, like, a, just like kinda, a Seinfeld thing like Yeah. Yeah, but he's just whispering shoot me. And I'm like, okay. Oh, well, that's fucking fucking weird. Well, that about does it for the first responsible episode of Responsible Men. Oh, yeah. It's Saturday. (laughs) We'll be back to do this at some point. I don't know how regularly we're going to do these. We'll we'll just kind of, I don't know, we'll play it by ear. Play it by ear. Yeah. But uh, this is going to be kind of the format. We're just going to pick a thing and and let us know if you like it. Right. Um, we could, we may do top fives. We may do top tens, depending on if, if what it is, if it's warranted. Yeah, yeah. Be- Beatles it couldn't be a top five. Um, funny thing about this is um, Aaron com- complaining to her boss yesterday because I, I don't think Aaron gets the joke of responsible men. But she's talking to her boss. Yeah, they're doing this podcast called Responsible Men. Blah blah blah. And and uh, she said something about like, well, they're doing a top five. Beatles and I, I'm shouting from the other room. It's top ten. Yeah. She's like, oh, oh, I'm sorry, it's top ten. And then her boss is like, well, if they were responsible, it'd be a top five. And I'm like, well, you know what? I have a top five, so right. <laughs> it's there. Both Kylie and I are big Metallica fans, so you can definitely count on a top ten Metallica songs. I think at some point. Because... Oh, top ten! Jesus Christ! Oh yeah, that, that, that's one I couldn't do in a top five. That would have to be a top okay. ten. Okay. Um. So. But uh, we're, we're going to yeah. do all kinds of crazy stuff. It's, it's yeah. not uh, purely going to be music related, not going to purely be movie or TV related. This is just going to be kind of a whatever we It can be whatever. Like, we like, like I had mentioned earlier, like Charles Manson, like we could just do a whole podcast about the Charles Manson thing. And you know what? We, There's we enough can do to, whatever. I, I've watched enough documentaries. I have enough to say about Charles <laughs> oh, yeah. Manson no, to, to definitely <laughs> feel. So. But um, that does it. 
we'll see you guys whenever we end up doing another one of these. Let us know if this is something you like. And then also, because now you, that you're hearing what the format of this is, if there's something that you would really like to hear, what our top whatevers of is, let us know. Yeah. Because we'll rank anything. <laughs> we are responsible that way. <laughs> That's right. Till next time, my name is Responsible Tyler. I am Responsible Kylie. And we'll see you around. <laughs>